Hey there, thank you for being here and listening in. I look forward to speaking more in the concept, the idea of courage. I last talked about courage through the life of Jehoshaba in Second Chronicles 22. She was so inspiring, just an awesome, uh, faithful, courageous woman. But what about your life? I believe we all are called to some courageous act, whether that is a season by season situation of courage or a daily decision. It meets every single person. It is at your front door. It is on your kitchen table. So how do you flesh out courage? How do you make those big decisions? What does your time look like with God? I've talked about the imperative relationship at hand that whether it's our spouses, it's our best friends, it's our parents, it's our siblings, whatever um, that immediate person, top five person that came to your mind, how would you have been able to establish a relationship except by consistently pursuing that person? You value that person. They have an uh an impact in your life and they have a say in your life, right? God needs to be that forerunner above everyone. So what does that getting alone look like for you? Are you hooting him first in your day? I don't want to legalize it and make it be, it's got to be at 5 a.m. It's got to be during the lunch hour. It's got to be at night. I can certainly tell you my habits tried and true I've switched it and and honestly there is no rigidity some days it may look different and that's okay because we have the Holy Spirit which is interceding for us and God cares more about the quality of our connection and he knows our heart and and if my heart is to pursue him when I can pursue him then he knows that So I really just am encouraged about really my time with him so much so that I want to really invite you and welcome you to that. And let's say maybe this isn't your issue. You're already spending a wealth of time with God. Well, then I believe the call may not be more time, but what does that time look like? The efficiency, are you truly with him to be with him because that's your sustenance or is it a check the box? I know I can do that sometimes, right? Where it's, I'm making dinner, checking the box, doing laundry, checking the box and doing my time with God, checking the box. And it's not intentionally trying to just get through, but it gets thrown into the monotony of the day. It gets thrown into just one more thing. And I don't believe that is the heart of what God wants. He doesn't want to be just one more thing. For us to be courageous women who are faithfully pursuing God, he wants to be that foundation. So I am compelled by him. So that is truly the pulse of why I'm even doing these podcasts, because I just have this brokenness for this gap that happens where you're where you want to please him you want to do the right thing but it just gets 
juggled up with everything else. And I just believe that Jesus is so simple to just follow him and to love him and to put him first. And for us to pull off courage, ladies, we have got to not only be with him, but then we have to truly make sure we're emptying ourselves as well. So I talked about Mark 8. Jesus outlined, what does a disciple look like? And that is truly emptying ourselves. It's not um, a simple one, two, three, do these steps one plus one. It is just empty yourself. Follow me. It It's almost to the point where it seems like something else is missing. <laughs> you know how you get in a, a, an ingredient of this amazing meal and it's like, there is surely something else in this meal. No, this it's really that simple. I believe that he makes it that simple. It is just our nature to overcomplicate and try to sweat and, and earn more, something that he has already given us. So I want to just dive into some, some different scriptural passages talking about setting up courage, really just outlining, like, how do you do this thing? Like, how do you how do you do it and how do you not do it? <laughs> so how best to learn is through the life of the Israelites. And I believe we all have this Israelite spirit, just with God, not with God, with God, not with God. So the Israelites were just disobedient. They, and I don't even judge them anymore. I used to say, I mean, how can you not get it together? Come on, you have all of these wondrous signs as you're walking through the parting of the Red Sea. But now God has just helped me see my own sinful heart and, and my own inability to see these flagrant, obvious signs that he's given me, that he loves me and to just follow and obediently do what he's telling me to do. And I don't. So I've learned to back off the judging piece. I'm, and this is really not judging them, but I still I still believe that let's use history here and learn from what not to do. So let's jump into Deuteronomy 1, um, chapter 1, and starting in verse 19. Then as the Lord our com- as, then as the Lord our God commanded us, we set out from Horeb and went toward the hill country of the Amorites through all that vast and dreadful wilderness that you have seen. And so we reach Kadesh Barnea, verse 20. Then I said to you, You have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. Verse 21. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of of it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So Moses is saying, look, uh, we've been camping out, going from camp to camp. Now we're getting ready to push into this promised land. And even saying, this is really not even about you. He promised this to our ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. So God is, his attribute is many, but one of them is faithfulness. He cannot lie. And he is all about his glory. So he's, so here's Moses setting this up like, okay, we're going to go on to this next step. Uh, but just to be clear, this is God having mapped this out well before you. This was really a fulfillment of his promise to our ancestors. So I so step number one in courage is just bigger picture. 
okay, what is this next decision or what is this season? How does it fit into the storyline of my life? And I and if our eyes are just on our immediate story, then it will be more difficult to make decisions courageously because you're making an immediate decision for something that is lifelong and and even legacy long, right? So something that goes on beyond you. So while we're here for 60, 70, 80, 100 years, whatever, God's God's story has been well before us and it will go on well after us. So we are just one small speckle in this long line of this whole story that he is writing out. And it's all about his glory. So the perspective is not, okay, this is about my life or even the life of my children or my grandchildren. No, this is a bigger story than that. So just kind of pause. So we have to keep going because we're going to keep going in in the direction of God fulfilling his promise. So that's just kind of a, a backdrop there. But I want to note here. So if you kind of push, skip over here. So, well, I really don't want to skip over. Hold on, let's back up. So, of course, they're like, yeah, I know that, Moses, but I still feel like we should send some spies into this country because, yeah, we don't really trust you and we don't really all the way know that God has our back, basically. This is me ad-libbing. So let's just send some spies. Moses even agrees, like, yeah, that's not a bad idea. One from each tribe. Okay, 12 of y'all, break, go. Go into this, this country spied out. And 10 of these jokers come back and scare the people even more. They aid in their disbelief being even bigger because they're like, listen, there are some tall people there, y'all. They are huge. They're scary. They're massive. There is no way that this is the right plan. Moses, you clearly did not hear right. So the only two people, the only two spies that were being obedient and truly faithful to God was Caleb and Joshua. The rest of them spies just only fueled the fire of the Israelites not wanting to do what God told them to do. So that's kind of the next backdrop. And then to to skip over and to start into verse 29, this is Moses talking still. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. God, who is going before you, will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes, verse 31, and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. Verse 32, in spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God. Verse 33, who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and in a cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way you should go. Listen, (laughs) unbelief is a massive yet minor sin that we see it as a minor sin, but to God, it's massive. God is saying like, listen, your unbelief is equated to me that you despise me, that you don't trust me, that you don't rely on me. And I know I always bring this back to my kids, but honestly, having kids helped me kind of to, at my mortal little level that I can, kind of try to understand what God is saying, his heart. If I'm telling my kid, hey, we're going to go to this 
place and they're fighting me and fighting me and they don't believe me as a parent, I would, it's almost like, wait, why am I even number one, giving you a dissertation of why we're going here? And number two, why do you not trust me? Why do you not believe me? Just know that I have your back. Your mother is not going to let anything as far as my power will allow to come against you. So God is equating their unbelief to despising him because he's like, look, and furthermore, I've already had you. So what are you talking about? That's what Moses, I love how he's like, he's already been doing this in Egypt. You know how we walked in the waters and how we even got, got out of Egypt. And then furthermore, we've been going since we left, we've been going camp to camp. He's been going ahead by a cloud. How do you think we've even know where the heck we're even going? It's because of God. And then the fire at night. So we had light. So we had protection. So how many times do you even yourself have to go back, you know, in your own life storyline and, you know, to help the cloudiness of your decision to say, man, how has God already provided? Man, let me go back and shift my perspective to say, wow, he's already done this and this and this and this and this. And it's like you kind of get amnesia to remember, wait, how did I get here? Oh, yeah, it was by the Lord. So God is like, look, courage is not just running through this burning building to save somebody or pulling off to the side of the road because somebody's car flipped over. This is courage, I believe, is a daily obedient decision to say, God, you first. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? Okay, God, what's your purpose? Okay, God, what's your plan? It is just choosing him first every single time. That's courage. Yes, we have those massive big displays of courage, sure. But the daily, consistent, obedient decisions, that's what's really shaping and developing our hearts so that we can truly just have our hands open and keep saying yes to God, yes to the purpose that he has for our life. So whether we're going through the valley or whether we're going through the mountain, we know that he is with us. So that's what Moses is saying. Hey, look, we haven't been on our own. We haven't been on solo. So Joshua even talks about this in Joshua 1, starting in verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. So that you may be successful wherever you go. So do you see how the obedience is not only tied to the success of it, but it's also tied to the peace that will come because you're obediently following. It just won't be this, I don't know if I've made the right decision. You're worried, you're fearful, you're talking to 81 different people, telling them the outline to make sure that this is right. And God's like, listen, just your eyes are not focused correctly. You're asking all the wrong people who have no clue of what I'm even doing. No clue. In verse uh, eight and nine even goes to talk about, you know, listen, be in my word. Keep that ever before you. So you not only need to be in God's presence, but you also need to be in his word. He will not tell you something that is not in his word. I always find that really funny when people, I'll hear when people will say, the Lord told me, you know, fill in the blank. And I'm like, what, what chapter, what, what book is that in exactly? I don't think that that's what God said. I mean, I'm, it's not for me to question, but I'm just saying that he is consistent with his word. 
So Joshua 1.8 also talks about that. And it goes on to even talk about being strong and courageous again. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You'll be prosperous. You'll be successful. And we talked about this in episodes before in the lives of those uh, kings um, in uh, Second Chronicles, how the, the ones who were faithful to God, you can tell in their lifeline, their reign was longer. It was successful. The country was doing well. The ones who were not following God reigned for very short periods of time. And they, and they, it was, it was haggard. It was, it was a hot mess. That's not coincidence. So we just have to remember, it's not about us. It is truly about God. That, that is, that was a huge help for me. I'll, I'll share that, you know, um, my top, if I can say my top three, one of my top three obedient, courageous decisions (laughs) That God really, and I don't want to make it seem like I just skipped through this, right? I mean, <laughs> through my spiritual head, uh, female head at least, uh, and a really close friend of mine. And just, man, I was really being pulled to the cross. And, and God really had it out with me many, many times. I'm not trying to make it seem like a slip and slide. Like, oh, I just obediently chose God. Like, no, it was hard. But was to stay in my marriage. That was So I don't know what that really hard, tough decision looks like for your life. Maybe it's in parenting. Maybe it's in this life plan that you have. Maybe it's in, um, you know, God's telling you to to do this with your career, to go talk to these neighbors, start this group, Um, just spending time with him. Let's not even make this be a big decision. This can just be, hey, I need you to stop listening to this type of music. I need you to, to, uh, to do this with your life. I need you to pray over your kids this day i need i'm telling you nothing is too we serve a god of specificity if you have ever read leviticus or numbers you will see what i'm talking about he's not just some vague god like oh yeah go to the left like what no he he is so detailed it's just that we don't listen to the direction but one of my biggest obedient decisions was staying in a marriage that I did not feel like staying. I had every reason not to stay. So I didn't feel it. I was justified. And then I didn't, I didn't think it made sense, quite frankly. It just, it was like, this is not even like worth, worth it anymore. This is, I'm done. And then I had no social support for that. So I had to decide, man, let me just, I mean, it's almost like you have to be okay with being divergent of the culture, of your friends, of your family. Are you able to stand on your own if God is calling you to do that? Because he told you what to do. That's why you can't always just, I mean, it's great when God brings around wise counsel or one other precept to help confirm decisions, but that cannot be the foundation of your choice. He is speaking if you'll listen. So, I couldn't reason why to stay, but I knew that as we are at this place of divorce, I knew I was staying. Kicking and screaming, but I knew I was staying because God told me to. So we have to also make sure that we're separating that you are going to just, you know, feel like putting this cape on. And you're going to have to know that you know that God has you through that very difficult decision. Isaiah 46 was a huge comfort to me because 
it talks about, you know, that God's like, listen, first off, these are my plans. It's I do as I please. But listen, I, I will carry you. I will sustain you so that you don't have to feel like you have to go through this by yourself. That is a, a massive comfort in making courageous decisions is to know that you have you have somebody have your back. Not only do you have this bigger story that you fit within, but that he's he is a God who walks with you through that deep, mucky valley that you're in. He's not just throwing out commands and just like, okay, figure it out. He's there with you to comfort you and to hold your hand. And where I want to leave it is Jesus says just, I love Matthew 28. Actually, my son um, really loves this verse and and we, we quote this almost every day. But Matthew uh, chapter 28, verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is Jesus who died for you who has given his life. He loves you so much. God loves you so much. How can you not make this very difficult, courageous decision knowing that you have a model, you have a storyline that you're fitting in, and you have a God who is with you to make that small decision of, okay, what am I going to do this day to this very big life decision that will affect you, those around you, and your legacy there after you.